You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 281. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 281. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Baby doll. Good day to you. Well, (laughs) Merry Christmas if you celebrate that. And a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas Eve. Yeah. And to if you do not celebrate that, I hope that you're having a fabulous day as well. And that you are enjoying the holiday season, whether or not you partake in any particular festivities. We're just Having a very full heart and grateful for you hanging out with us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, just really thankful for such an incredible community. We hear from you guys every single week, and it just lights our spirit on fire and couldn't be more grateful to have such an incredible community. And if you're wondering where we get to connect with our beautiful community, we have an awesome Facebook group that is called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club where we talk about stuff every single week. So if you haven't checked that out, please come over. It's so much fun, lots of camaraderie, lots of advice and help and support. And you can get there just by going to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. And today, we are going to be discussing a topic that I think is pretty prevalent for a lot of people during the holidays, which is how to stop feeling guilty. Mm, Guilty, guilty. Right? right. It's, you know, a lot of times we will say things like, I feel bad, I feel guilty, I feel bad, I feel guilty about things that aren't really warranting guilt. They're usually something where you just feel kind of uncomfortable or you're at odds with somebody. So we're going to dig into that a little bit more today and hopefully give you some awesome resources. But why don't we warm up the mic a little bit? Throw it your way. We usually do. That's what I do is warm the mic up. That's right. We do it with a a little uh, segment that we like to call... Would you rather... And today's would you rather is... Would you rather never have painful cramps ever again? Oh. Or... This is for the ladies? Never shave again. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, this one's for the ladies more so than the gentlemen. But I feel like we have uh, a high percentage of female listeners, so I thought this would be appropriate. Yes, thank you. Way to know your audience, babe. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so let me me walk this through. Because, okay, the shaving part... There's a piece of me that's so angry that that's a part of the patriarchy. <laughs> that's even a thing. It's it's a part of how can we make women feel less than and say you must do this thing in order to be attractive in our society. You know, so I I go back and forth about that cuz I'm kind of I'm like people have hair. We have yeah. hair. Like Who do you think came up with that though? Do you think women came up with that idea I or think, men? I thought Gillette did. Yeah, but it's that, I mean that's a company. Do you think women came up with the idea of 
shaving their armpits or were men like you should probably shave your armpits like who was the originator we're gonna have to fact check that but i thought it was gillette trying to tap into a different market and saying women you can have a sleep trying to sell razors yeah you know i thought that was you know like hallmark creating valentine's day that Mm -hmm, kind of a thing mm -hmm. i i thought playing on the insecurities of women maybe well if you guys know cruise over to the after hours community and and fact check me on that because i would i would actually love to know but okay cramps and never have cramps ever again and never have to shave well or never have to shave ever again. i've also been battling this whole shaving debacle because i have been really trying to change all my cosmetics into like hippie versions that are good for you yeah primarily with deodorant right and the deodorant has baking soda in it so it all every time i shave it gives me like little bumps like just irritation irritation yeah, yeah. i think i'd go for that my my cramps aren't debilitating and they're not even consistent every single month Mm. but they're they're doable like i can handle them but the ease of never having to worry about body hair ever again oh my gosh and yes i was thinking that's your sexy time too yes like i would i'm gonna take that one go with the no no shave okay i think Um, that would probably be for you too don't you? i don't know if i do i get a choice well, like, the only cramps you would have is probably like muscle cramps. Right? Or how about back pain? I could say back pain, right? Okay. That's Ooh. a tough one for you. Or I never have to shave my head again. I'm going with the no back pain. I would think, Absolutely. yeah, I was going to say that that ups the ante. For sure. Well, every single Monday, we talk about it over in the After Hours community. So be sure to go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. Check us out over there. And we... Talk about the Would You Rather every single Monday, and it's hilarious to hear everybody's thoughts and commentary on why they would choose what they choose. And I think uh, you will just enjoy hanging out with people who are supportive. And I mean, I've never had to kick anybody out. Everybody is so awesome. And I always do a free training every single Thursday called Q and Slay, where I sound off on anything that's come up from the community throughout the week. It's just a good, it's a good place to hang out on the I internet. Agree. You know, one of the things I've noticed about uh, your hangout spot on Facebook is, you know, just about anywhere you post something, you could post the most innocuous thing and people will be like, yeah, but have you thought about this? You negative, know, like, negative, everything negative. Everything is like, oh God, can it just be a funny post or, you know, and on your site, there's not any of that. Like everybody's pretty on board. It's so supportive and, and of supportive, each other. Yeah. Which I think is needed more in our lives. Absolutely. And when I took I took some time out and the whole community was just so great with each other. And yeah, so it's a good time. But I, I also think I might be hearing a little something in the distance. Do you hear that? I do. Y- you really? <laughs> Last time I didn't hear it. But this time I hear it. I hear it right there. We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. <laughs> <laughs> You really throw me for a loop because I'm like, does can you hear the free shit alert? Is it coming around the bend? Well, you Is asked. It, I don't know. So. I don't know. Well, if you guys are not in on this, you need to stat. I have a brand new free workshop available for you now. Just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And what you will find is a five-step game plan that I have curated based off of the work that I do in depth with my clients and students. So I'm schooling your ass on all the things that it takes to relinquish people-pleasing, get rid of that perfectionist, 
tendency that you might be harboring and knock that self-doubt to the curb, all of the things that sort of interfere with you truly loving your life, feeling enough, and actually being happy. Now, here's the deal. Those workshops fill up. And if you're listening to it, you know, at the time that we're recording, there should absolutely be spots still available. But if for some reason there isn't, just be sure to check back because we are adding new slots daily. Pretty damn good workshop. And it spells out a lot of the transformation that I've been able to access with my clients and students, you know, over the last 10 years. So it gives you a little bit more of a an in-depth understanding of the processes behind coaching that truly change those things, get right. rid of that people-pleasing and perfectionism and all of that stuff. Yeah. What I like about yours is it's content-filled. Like you've got plenty of great tidbits to take away from it. That's right. So that's it's, right. it's definitely something that's worthwhile freebie. Absolutely. I had somebody the other day tell me like, oh my gosh, I was writing so many notes. I was like, oh my God, God I got to write all these notes. So yeah, I, I definitely want to make sure that it it's jam-packed for you. So again, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop and get your hands on that. So let's dive into this guilt thing, shall mm, we? The G word. This came from a listener submission. I'm going to just read a little bit about what she wrote. Hey, Amy, I've been listening to your pod for quite some time, and I've noticed a common thread around being able to tell somebody no without feeling guilty. I will admit that I'm a severe people pleaser at heart. You need to start saying recovering people pleaser. (laughs) Do not identify as being a people pleaser. Don't identify as being anything you don't want to be, period. Just a little side note. Severe people pleaser, recovering people pleaser at heart, but I've gotten better at knowing that I can say no and not have to feel guilty. What I'm running into is this. How do I know whether or not I should say no? She tells me a little bit of a story about a situation with a family friend who constantly asks for things from her and sort of her response of feeling guilty about Mm -hmm. it. Long story short, I have an idea of how to say no politely on bigger things where her gut instinct is really, really clear. Yeah. It's the smaller things, like the small little requests, will you do this, you know, things that maybe you've always done where your gut instinct isn't rearing up necessarily. When it comes to smaller things, I have no solid first instinct on the matter. That's when I struggle of knowing if I should go ahead and do whatever it is that they're asking or decide that it does not align with what I'm doing. I hope this makes sense. Thank you for everything you and Mr. Smith offer. Well, Thank you for your listener submission, and you know what she's going to get for that one. It's a warm fuzzy. Warm fuzzy. Warm fuzzy up in this bitch. Yay! I love it. Thank you so much for that. And you know what? You're not alone. And this particular episode is going to be all about our relationship with guilt. We talked a little bit last week about emotions and how they are such an incredible piece of who we are as humans. And I think that we get a lot of mixed messaging, but also faulty messaging about the different emotions that we experience, not just as adults, but also as children. And I think one of those is guilt. Yeah, we're taught, big one. We're taught from a very early age to take responsibility for how somebody else feels. We're taught that very clearly. How do you think that makes that person feel? Right. And- I do think that there's something to be said for our impact. And I do think there's something to be said for negative energy. You've heard me talk about that many of to- many times on the pod. 
everything is energy. So mm-hmm. when somebody is rude or mean to you, that is legitimate negative energy coming at you. Of course, there's going to be an impact. Sure. You don't have to adopt that as truth. I'm not going to get all into that today. But what you need to know for our purposes for this episode is we're taught a very skewed and detrimental way to view guilt. I'm hoping that we can shake that up a little bit today. The first thing that I really want to underline here is that emotions are simply messaging. They are given to us to help guide us, whether it is something that we experience a lot of joy around. It's like, hey, this works for you, Amy. Pay attention. If I'm really angry about something, hey, Amy, pay attention. Something's not right here. It's calling forth this emotion that feels really uncomfortable. How do you need to address this? It's just trying to tell us something. Yeah. That's it. And they're fleeting. Emotions are fleeting. That's why you can look at your child and feel this immense, overwhelming joy and love and adoration and your heart is just so full. And then the next minute they do something, you know, color all over the walls or some shit like that. And you're like, oh, I'm going to lose my shit with you. You know, you experience anger, frustration, anxiety, and it's fleeting. And then it'll go into another emotion. You start to calm down. They're just there to help guide us and experience our behavior a little bit more consciously and to add richness to our lives. Now, guilt in particular, what it is designed to do, the way, for instance, we've talked about fear. Fear is designed to protect us. It is a defense mechanism. It is there to teach us don't go climb off that cliff or don't run towards that bear or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like fear has a purpose in our world. Same is true for guilt. Guilt is designed to reroute poor behavior. It is there for us to say, hey, that wasn't right. You shouldn't have done that. You need to go clean up your mistake. You have made a mess. The problem happens is in these instances where we feel guilt when we have done nothing wrong. And that is largely what this episode is going to be all about. We take on the feeling of, I have done something wrong. I have been bad. I am not okay. I am not acceptable in situations where we have done nothing unbefitting of us. What we're usually experiencing is being uncomfortable with somebody else's response to us. That's, that's, yeah, that's it. And our society, our conditioning has taught us to take that on as our responsibility. And we call that guilt. I want you to start thinking about guilt being warranted only when you've behaved in a way that you are not proud. For instance, I could do something that I'm totally proud of and my mom might think that it is horrendous and try to make me feel guilty by saying things like, oh, well, you know how that makes me feel and I can't believe that you would do that and that just breaks my heart. That's a perfect example for me to go, okay, I could take on the responsibility for how she feels 
but I don't, I'm actually totally at peace with how I've behaved. I'm proud of me. What I'm feeling in that moment is not guilt. It's uncomfortability with her response to me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 That's, that's an interesting distinction. I think that's a key note to write down or to make note of. That's right. For this. That's great. That is exactly right. So the first, the first point, emotions are simply just messaging. There's something to teach us and to listen to. Number two, guilt is designed for rerouting poor behavior. That's it. And poor behavior, I really want to underline that it's poor behavior according to you, not according to them. We have, again, been conditioned to believe that how other people perceive us must be how we perceive ourselves. And I'm hoping that if you hang out with me enough, you know that we're untangling a lot of that. You don't have to see yourself through the lens of your mom's viewpoint, of your dad's viewpoint, of the church's viewpoint, of your kids, whatever. You get to see yourself the way you do. I was thinking about that when we were looking at our pictures. And you look the same. The what? What pictures? In the our 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 photo, photo shoot. shoot yeah. Our we recently did a photo shoot. If you didn't yeah. know, <laughs> so we just did a photo shoot, and I'm looking at our pictures, and I see myself in the pictures very differently. Right. Because I don't see myself like that every day. Yes, I look in the mirror, but I don't see myself all the time. Where I see you all the time. So you look the same in the pictures, but I look very different to me. That's interesting. Whereas you'll look at me and go, yeah, that's you. That's how you look, right? Yeah. But just in my head, I see myself very differently than I appear in the pictures. Right. Very crazy. And so that's a perfect analogy. You could look at it and think one thing about yourself. I could look at it and think, oh, my God, he's so gorgeous. He's so handsome. Oh, my gosh, what a hey, sex pot, which is usually what I think. He's so cute. Except for some of the pictures, I was like, what are you doing right there? <laughs> <laughs> I did have those. Yes. Somebody else might look and go, what on earth are you wearing? That's the dumbest thing. That's so stupid. Somebody else might go, ew, God. Somebody else might say, whatever, like super indifferent. The point is trying to control the responses. What everybody else thinks is a futile effort. Yeah. You have to be responsible for what you think. And as it relates to other people being happy with your choices or your decisions, you have to get really solid about what is a good choice of behavior, thoughts, stances, opinions, whatever it happens to be, according to you, not according to everybody else. You have to get grounded in that first. If you aren't, it's going to be very hard to unpack if you should feel guilty or not because you're mm-hmm. rooted externally. You're rooted in what everybody else thinks instead of what you think. What you think. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole too much. Were you going to yeah. say something else? Um, I was just going to come from a, from the medical perspective oh. and say that you know I think what you're talking about sounds like your sympathetic nervous system being stuck. Hmm. Right? When you're thinking about what's this person going to do? Oh, I've got to clean this up. Well, I got to go do this. I, uh, I got this to do. This person's going to think this if I do that. You're constantly in that. It's go mode. Train of thought all the time. Your nervous system never gets a break. Mm-hmm. When you're secure with yourself and you have that solid piece of, okay, that's not guilt. That's this. Your nervous system can now register a different response and come out of that mode. And it's, it elongates your life. Yeah. 
Absolutely, it not does. to go into too much detail, but yeah, that's a, that's a really great point. There are serious health benefits to learning how to stand the fuck up for yourself. Nervous breakdowns, fibromyalgia, Absolutely. autoimmune disorders, you name it can come from uh, too much stress. And if you're feeling guilt for everything that's going on in your life or that you've done in the past, that's not going to weigh well. That's your, exactly right. your nervous system. And it really ties back to how we've talked about emotions are just energy. If you are in a lifetime riddled with guilt, that is energy. If it's not expelled, if it's not processed in some way, it will come out somehow. That's right. And as you see, most often it comes out in some sort of ailment, disease, or some sort of muscular issue, et cetera. All right. First, emotions are just messaging. Guilt is for rerouting poor behavior. Third thing, I want you to start identifying your biggest triggers for guilt, and then I'm going to walk you through how to use a specific tool that I've formulated around this issue. Identify your biggest trigger. Is it mom always says things that make me feel guilty? Is it my brother? Is it a person? Is it people? Is it around an instance, like anytime I get invited to something or anytime I get a request of some kind, like if somebody says, will you help me move on Sunday or can you cover my shift or will you come in on Saturday or whatever it happens to be? Is it requests, invites that are triggering for you? Is it a category of your life? Like all things work make me feel guilty. All things parenting make me feel guilty. I want you to start tapping into what are those triggers for you because you're going to use the tool I'm giving you on those particular buttons that might be pressed. Okay. Think about that right now. Gather yourself. Think about what that particular category might be for you. And then you're going to use this tool that I've formulated and it is called NAC. N-A-C. It is an acronym and stands for something AC. So we're going to walk through that. I love acronyms. I do too. It's a mnemonic device. We remember it much easier and I'm hoping that it will now help you with your specific guilt trigger that you just identified. Number four, working with NAC. N stands for notice and name. And I highly suggest that you say it out loud if possible. Sometimes it's not possible. And what I mean by notice and name is you notice any sort of guilt response that you feel and you call it out. You say, I'm feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, we're going to notice it like that. Like I'm having a guilty response. I'm feeling some sort of guilt. Notice and name. If you can say it out loud, there is something about putting it into the ether, either verbally or written that makes it far more real. We get lost in the abyss of our mind. If it comes out in some way, it tends to be much more cathartic and more healing and has less power over you. Sometimes that's not necessarily doable if you're having a conversation with somebody and you're like, I feel guilt, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and it doesn't fit. And they're like, wait, what? Um, Okay, robot. And this whole process you may have to do after the fact because a lot of times you don't realize it that you're going through something like this until you reflect later on and go, oh my gosh, that was the worst guilt trip from my mom or Mm. whatever. N stands for notice and name. A stands for ask. This is what I want you to ask yourself. Have I done anything wrong? 
Okay. Have I done anything wrong here? According to me, not according to them. Because they might think, yeah, you did do something wrong. When you're at odds with somebody or you're in an argument or something like that and they're trying to make you feel guilty, that can very easily feel like, well, I have done something wrong according to them. No, 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 no. We're erasing that as the barometer. We cannot control what everybody else thinks. Do you feel like you have behaved poorly? This is sort of a side note, and I will I'll link to some of these in the show notes. But this has a lot to do with apologizing and over-explaining yourself as well. I have a personal rule that I will not apologize for something if I don't feel that I did anything wrong. If I've gotten in an argument, like I just had a situation like that recently, and as I was kind of processing being at odds with this particular person in my life, I was looking at the situation. I was really checking in with myself. Am I pleased with my own behavior? Am I mad about anything that I've done? Am I proud of how I showed up basically? Yeah. And I really looked at it and I went, no, I don't believe I have anything to apologize for. So even as we were making amends and kind of rectifying everything, I was very aware to not apologize for something I did not do wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, very much in tandem with guilt. I want you to think about that. You can always say, my intention is not to put you out. My, You can always talk about what your intention is that gets you grounded in who you are, but then it also shares with that person, my intention is not to hurt you, not to let you down. My intention is not to upset you. It's just to stand in self-care take care of myself, be there for my family, make sure I get enough sleep, whatever it happens to be. So what do you tell people that are just going to, would say, I'm just going to apologize because it's so much easier. It, I can, it can end if I just say, I'm sorry. Yes. That's a great question. That is easier. That's also easy the same way it's easier to just eat the cake instead of having a regimented diet. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of something like that, what you really want is a healthy body. Right. It's never going to be less appealing to eat the cake or the pizza or whatever. That's always going to be an easier out. You'll always feel better eating the cake until you're done, and then you feel like shit because it's not in alignment with your big picture. Same thing with all things personal development. It's easier to acquiesce. Yeah. It's easier to just apologize in the interim, in that immediate moment. That's what I wanted to get to right Not – in the grand scheme. And what you also have to understand about this is that it sends a massive subconscious message about your worth. Yes. And then that starts attacking your uh, sense of self. Yes. And then you're apologizing for everything. Now you're guilty about everything. And then you're obsessing about what everybody else is thinking. And then you're talking mad shit to yourself. Your self-talk is huge. You do not escape that. So let's go back to NAC. And again, I do want to say what what you brought up is really important. We think it's easier. We think, ah, I don't want to fight that battle. Ah, it's too much. Ah, it's not worth it. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. I do know that. There are some exceptions. However, if it is chronic, if it's habitual, what you are doing in those moments, what I need you to understand is you are saying to yourself – That person's wants, needs, and desires are more important than my wants, needs, and desires. And if you're okay with that, then apologize and acquiesce. (laughs) Nice, Mr. Smith. Yes. 
That's what you have to understand is happening on a subconscious level. If we go back to NAC, we're looking at noticing and naming when you feel guilt. A for ask. Have I done anything wrong according to me? Am I unhappy with my own behavior? And then C stands for choose. We're going to choose two things here. We're going to choose your behavior, what you're going to do about the situation. And then you're also going to choose your self-talk. I'm going to give you a real world example. Notice and name. I had a situation where my mom asked me if I wanted to go to church. And of course, I politely declined. And there was sort of a little bit of a guilt feeling coming along with that. Like, well, that just really, well, I thought you might say that. You know, those sorts of like little underhanded things. I now am at the point where I can notice it like that, right? And I'm going, okay, there's that guilt. Asking myself, have I done anything wrong that's unbefitting of me? No, I have not done anything wrong. And then I choose my behavior. And my behavior is to politely decline and say, hey, thank you so much for thinking of me. I appreciate the invite. However, I actually find that fairly uncomfortable and it's not something that that I feel in alignment with. I'm going to politely decline. That's my choice of behavior. Self-talk then throughout the rest of my day is to speak kindly to myself about that chosen behavior, not to allow all that barrage of commentary saying, oh my God, she's going to be so mad at you. And can you believe that you're a horrible daughter? And are you not allowing that? I I think looking at it, reverse engineering it from the other side. Yep. If you said, oh, you know, I, I can't make it that day. Or if you made up an excuse why you couldn't go, that leaves it open for the person to ask you again. Now you're going to be wondering every time you see that person, are they going to invite me to that thing again, right? Here you've squashed it. You've kind of said your piece. And even if that day you're, you know, working through a guilt, at least you're just working through a day of guilt and you're not having to come up with some other excuse to get out of that event the next time and so forth, so on, et cetera, et cetera. Not to mention that you're being a fucking liar. True. You're yes. being a fucking liar. Touché. And that is also another message to yourself that what you want to do with your time, what you want to do with your effort, even if it's laying down watching Netflix by yourself, even if it's washing your hair, it doesn't matter. You're saying what that person wants and needs is more important than what I want and need. So I have to make up a fucking lie about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's that's what's happening in Uh, your cells. Underneath of it, yeah. On the surface level, you're just being a liar. You think it's noble. We think it's so valiant. Let me save their feelings. But what you're doing is being a liar. You can be very kind. And remember, you're not responsible for their feelings. You get to say, thank you so much for that invite. I'm actually not available, but I really appreciate you thinking of me. Done. You're being sweet, nice. There's nothing assholey about it. You don't, what letting them down, letting people down is a fallacy. That is on them. That is under their code of conduct. You have let them down. Are you unhappy with yourself? Do you feel like you've let anybody down? Have you done anything that's poor behavior? It's a switch because we're not used to thinking of it like that. Let me give you an example of what I like to call the do over because for many of you, this is going to be a process probably for years. (laughs) I hate to be you know, the voice of reason here, but this has taken me years to cultivate, years to spot in an instant. And in fact, I was just sharing with um, some clients of mine. I might've even talked about it here. I had a moment 
not too long ago with a family member where it was so clear to me the guilt and I just didn't skip a beat and it had I went through this whole knack process I just out of instinct it had become the new norm mm-hmm. it I didn't even have to think about it anymore I just did not operate from that place any longer that's totally possible for you but you have to do the work that's why I do stuff like the pod that's why workshop. I do workshops mm-hmm. We have the now the new Facebook group because this shit needs implementation. It's not just a collection of good ideas. You have to do something about it and you have to do it over and over and over again to create a new norm. Yes. Preach. Preach, sister. Now, if you're in this situation where this is newer or you've identified as being a chronic people pleaser, that's kind of something that's really challenging for you, as it is for most people. A lot of times what you're going to have to do with this knack tool is you're going to have to use it in retrospect and you're going to have to do a little debrief. I call it the do-over, declaring the do-over. So perhaps you get to the end of your evening and you look at Maybe you take like a whole week to focus on guilt if this is very topical for you. For an entire week, every night when you go to bed, you reflect on your day and look at, was there any instances where I behaved from a place of inflicted guilt, where I did not actually do anything wrong or anything that I was not proud of myself for, and I took that on? Give you a perfect example. Anybody who takes clients or who is in a helping profession doctors, whoever, anybody who has clients and they say to you, oh my gosh, you can't fit me in. I need to get, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm in so much pain. Okay. Of course you are. I completely understand that. And if you don't have the time in your calendar and you start self-sacrificing, knowing that if you put them in your calendar, that means you don't ever get to recharge. Maybe you don't get any downtime. You don't get to date your spouse. You don't get time for your physical fitness. Whatever it happens to be, you're saying, okay, that person's situation is far more important than me and my schedule doesn't matter. And then you start teaching them that your schedule doesn't matter and it's flexible and it's up for negotiation. These are the situations where if you're reevaluating your day, looking at like, oh my God, I felt guilt because I could not accommodate that client. All right, let's think through this. Okay, I remember that feeling, feeling that guilt when they said, oh my gosh, you don't have any spots. And my behavior that I chose was to override that guilt and make it stop at all costs instead of ask myself, have I done anything wrong? And instead... I just said, oh my God, how do I make this guilt stop? And I said, okay, sure, I'll fit you in on a time that I knew would make it extremely hard for me to be there for my clients the next day or to be available for my kids or take time for myself, whatever. There's a cost when you constantly give into guilt. And I'm sure this listener is feeling this, obviously, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure many of you guys out there are feeling the same thing. There is a cost to it. That's when you look at the situation and you go, okay, next time, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to express sympathy. I'm going to express empathy. And then I'm going to tell them what I can do. Instead of saying, oh, I can't fit you in that week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, Oh man, I really wish I could see you. If that's true, I really wish I could fit you in. Unfortunately, I'm completely booked this week. How about next week? Do you have Thursday next week? Or the only other thing I could do is refer you to XYZ. Yes. Whatever it happens to be. That's what I do. 
instead of feeling like it's your responsibility. You used to deal with this all the time. All the time. This is a big one for me. This is likely something that you will have to revisit and look at and go, did I, do I want to do that exact same thing again next time and reroute that? Finally, I want you to start doing some vocab work. This is number five. I want you to stop saying, I feel bad or I feel guilty as a crutch. It's very different when you're using it in the knack. Right. Because when you're noticing and naming and you're going, I'm feeling an emotion of guilt, that's part of the awareness that we're trying to cultivate. I don't want you to use the, I feel guilty when you're describing situations anymore or saying like, oh, I just feel bad. I feel like I let him down. I feel like I need to do this. I feel, oh my gosh, I just feel so guilty. When you know you have not done a goddamn thing wrong. Now, what I do want you to do is switch the wording. I want you to switch the semantics. I want you to start saying something different because remember, most of the time we are not feeling guilt. We're feeling a different emotion. We've just interpreted it as guilt. Most of the time what it is is we're just feeling straight up uncomfortable with somebody else's response. Mm -hmm. I want you to start saying, I feel uncomfortable. I want you to start saying things like, I feel compassionate towards that person, not I feel bad. Mm -hmm. I feel compassionate towards that person. I feel empathy for that person. I feel sympathy for that person. I'm feeling uncomfortable. Or I've also had this situation where people will experience guilt for being away from other people, away from their kids, away from their family. And they are saying, I feel guilty for being away. And I will encourage them to say, have you done anything wrong? First of all, then they say, no, I have done nothing wrong. What else are you feeling? I'm feeling longing. Most of the time what they're feeling is longing. Mm -hmm. They're feeling longing or they're feeling nostalgia. They're feeling a desire for connection. Stop calling it guilt when it's not guilt. Stop calling yourself bad when you're not bad. That's great. Great advice. Just semantics. That's it. I just want you to switch that after you've identified those times when you're feeling guilty. So it's noticing it for the sake of our habit and then rewording it. And again, it's going to take some time working with that acronym, noticing and name it. Oh my gosh. Okay. There's that guilt. Ask, have I done any, have I done anything wrong? No, I have not. Okay. And sometimes this takes a little bit of time. If you're in the office or something like that, you might want to excuse yourself, go to the bathroom, write something down on paper. If you're at home, take time to unpack it a little bit. If you can journaling, talking it out. Okay, choose. What do I want to do with this? How do I want to behave? And then really deciding how you want to speak to yourself as well throughout the process. There's one thing to make the decision to actually decline the invite or say, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm not available. Or I can't fit you in this week. It's going to have to be next week. Or I'm choosing to move across the country. Please don't be angry (laughs) or whatever it happens to be where you might experience that feeling of guilt. It's one thing to have that instant And then there's the barrage of commentary in your head about the decision that you just made, especially at the beginning when you're changing how you've always operated. Because I'll tell you right now, a lot of people loved doormat people pleaser you. They like the you who's always available. They like the you who bends over backwards, who will always just put, you know, them first. Dealing with everything that happens in your head after you start standing up for yourself is monumental. Tell us what you thought about this episode and what you would rather and all of that. And anything else you wanted to throw into the mix here? I don't think so. All right. I'm good. 
Sounds fantastic. We'll see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Ouch.